Alrighty, welcome back. Thank you for joining me. Sincerely appreciated. Today we are breaking down week three. Week three, how to make 2018 an absolutely breakthrough new year. And as we have said before, this has almost nothing to do with 2018 specifically. It could be starting tomorrow. It can be starting next year. But we're taking you through the eight steps. Step one was decide. Step two, and that's why there are preceding podcast episodes. So decide and then awareness, assessment. And now I am super pumped for you. We are rolling into week three, and this is where you get to do some heavy lifting, and you should be thrilled to do that. This is um, this is going to be one of the most powerful tools I've ever given away. Um, in fact, I say that because I know in the past people have paid for it, and... I think at that time it was it was only something like 30 bucks. This thing is worth it's priceless. I don't even know how you can't put a price on it. Um but it's not the document itself. It's what it's what the work how do I say this? It's what you put into it and the results you will get out of it from putting in the work. So while I'm pumped, this is an amazing tool. It's worthless if you don't use it. And tragically, 95% of the people I'm guessing who are listening to this will not put in the work. And I just wrote to some of you on the insider list. I think it's crazy. In fact, I think we talked about it on the last episode. People will go to work grind 40 hours plus a week. Um, but how much time are they putting in on themselves? You know, it's that Jim Rohn quote, and I didn't read the entire thing to you last time. Learn to work harder on yourself than you do on your job. If you work hard on your job, you can make a living. If you work hard on yourself, you can make a fortune. And in my mind, that last part, I know everybody gets excited about the money, but it's its far more than money. When you work harder on yourself, you are going to get rewards that go well beyond well beyond what uh, money can provide for you, things like significance, impact, legacy. That's Those are the results of working harder on yourself. Money cannot bring you those things. Character, integrity, those are the jewels you will only find when you go through this exercise. So maybe I've encouraged a handful more people to do the work, but we also know that what happens is it's it's the old quote about opportunity. 
Opportunity is often missed because it shows up wearing overalls and is disguised as work. So I'm not trying to beat you up, but if you think working harder on your job is in the end more valuable than working harder on yourself, I would suggest you revisit that and reconsider that arrangement and find time. And the beauty is, and I do remember, we said this last week, so listening to this podcast, you are investing in yourself, you're working on yourself. So go ahead and run with that tool. I call it the PET, the Personal Evaluation Toolkit. This thing is an excerpt of its former self, but we have added some exercise pages. So there are two PDF documents. One's like 14 pages or 10, and the others, I just don't have it right in front of me. The other's like 20, maybe 25, all really, really, really good, important tools for you to set aside time at the, I preface it by saying you're going to want to take two to three hours and some people freak out like that's, that's a lot to give. Um, that's not a lot to give. And the fact is it's going to take, it may take two or three hours it's likely going to take a few weeks. You're going to work on it and rework it. The key idea, my friend, is you're working with clay and you're not working with marble. You're going to refine this and massage this as you go. So what is in the toolkit for week three specifically? I won't go through all of it. But, but if week one, just to recap, was deciding, week two is awareness and assessing, right? So we're going to make 2018 the best year ever. We're deciding, we're committing to that. We are assessing ourselves. And now we are going to lay the foundation. In fact, all of those are the foundation. We're going to start with our values. I almost asked you to raise your hand. Raise your hand if you can recite your top six values. Just off the the cuff, total, like you have them memorized. And my guess is very few of you have done that, and that's okay. The point is that's what we're doing to kick off week three in this new year. We're going to lay the foundation. We're going to identify our values. The way you're going to do this is you're going to write your top 20 values. You're not going to order them. You're not going to prioritize. You're just going to write things. You're going to write things like freedom, creativity, love, kindness, family, courage, integrity. The point is you write your own. This is very, very personalized. You figure out those 20, 25, 30. It almost doesn't matter. You could even do a quick Google search, get a bunch of trades, write them down, a bunch of values that is. And then the goal is to go back and prioritize. And, and number one through 12, 
So do your best to prioritize them. And then what you want to do is if you have trouble prioritizing, which a lot of people do, is do the uh, – it's kind of a death matchup. So you will take <laughs> – you could take like learning and pit it up against freedom and, you know, courage and put it up against integrity. And then you begin to sort out really your hierarchy. And the goal is once you believe you have that, you know, take your first, your top six or your top eight. I, you know, some people say three or five and, and, it's no coincidence you look at some of the best organizations, businesses, um, military establishments. They know their values. They are their guiding principles. So once you've identified them, all I was going to say is I, I struggled with cutting it down to six. I think I have like 10 with uh, at least my company and eight personal. So once you identify that, then you're off to the next part of this foundational exercise, which is your mission statement. And the reason we did values first is you will work those values, you will integrate them into your mission statement. And this PDF I'm giving you points you to some great resources and it also, in the second PDF, gives you a place to handwrite it out and almost frame it up and look at it. And the idea is you're going to, ultimately, you want to memorize your personal mission statement. And if you think this is <laughs> a lot of work or a lot of hard work, good, congratulations. Maybe it is. Um in my mind, it absolutely is, but it's that's the point. You're working harder on yourself than you do on your job or, at this point, anything else. We're laying the foundation. Some of us listening, I know from our listener demographic, some of us are 50-ish and have never taken the time to identify their values or their mission or their vision statement. And that's not to uh, beat anybody up. My point is it doesn't matter, does not matter what the past is or what has happened. The whole point of taking you through this breakthrough series is to, and we're doing this for free, is to hand you these specific steps and exercises and walk you through this. So we've decided, we've committed, we have assessed, and now we're going to do the hard work, values, mission, and vision statement. You know, the top high-performing people know exactly what they stand for, who they are, what they represent. Now, do you think they became CEOs and then they wrote their personal mission statement? Or did they know what their values were first and know what their mission statement was first? 
All right. Well, I feel like I'm hammering this home, but I can't. The The only reason I am, the reason this is so important is uh, from personal experience. When I did this for my company, it took me about five years to realize, wow, that was significant, had a significant impact on the company. I need to do this for myself. So I was 35-ish before I realized I need to do this for myself. And when I look back at what I crafted, it was before the habit factor. It was before equilibrium. It was before some of the books, um, the apps. It, and it's just astonishing to me to look back and see how that was the the vision and this is the outcome. So that is why I'm hammering it home. And that is why I'm highly encouraging you to get after it and do the hard work. So there you go, my friend, I'm handing this to you and you're getting two free PDFs. And then we're going to be on to step four next week, which is going to be <laughs> it's going to be awesome, but you got to do the work. Yeah, you don't have to do anything, but you got to do the work. All right. Thank you very much. See ya. Oh, and by the way, we are working in that intro to the pressure paradox with our boy, Kevin Pierce. Like, just how misunderstood is pressure as a subject, particularly when it comes to our productivity, performance, and even, incredibly, peace of mind? Well, here's a quote from a recently published book, Performing Under Pressure. In fact, this is more than just a quote. It appears to be the author's main thesis. The bottom line, pressure is the enemy of success. It undermines performance and helps us fail. The paragraph goes on to cite many supportive instances, such as pilots, surgeons, and air traffic controllers making errors, or professional athletes missing their usual shots while under pressure. Pressure, the book asserts, is more than a nemesis. It is a villain in our lives. Wow, that's powerful language. It's understandable why the vast majority of people, and even these authors, might think this way about pressure. On the surface, pressure certainly appears to be the enemy. However, if we look deeper, we discover that pressure, much like what we discovered about habit in The Habit Factor, is neither good nor bad. Pressure is an entirely neutral, supernatural force. Taken a step further due to its preeminence within our lives, it would hardly be fruitful to view pressure as the enemy. If pressure were truly the enemy, then we might as well pack up and head home. It's time to surrender. We can't possibly win, right? If we were to follow such a pervasive misunderstanding, that pressure is evil, a nemesis, and a villain, we should make every attempt to avoid it, right? And unfortunately, doing so would not only prove frustrating and fruitless, but would greatly inhibit our creativity, productivity, and ultimately even impair our personal growth. Even the wealthiest of parents who want the very best for their children will go out of their way to ensure their kids experience some real-life pressures, such as chores or a summer job, 
with the hope that they'll reap all the associated benefits that come with challenge and hard work. Discipline and responsibility come to mind. There's even a famous Japanese proverb that underscores this point. Adversity is the foundation of virtue. To be clear, we are not referring to negative peer pressure or bullying, but rather life pressure, things such as work, chores, and responsibility, knowing that is the type of pressure that teaches children important life lessons that help forge their character and will serve them long into the future. The idea that pressure is a villain or the enemy of success ultimately proves untenable in the real world. Rather, if we choose to look deeper into pressure, what we find is that it demands our careful consideration, understanding, and even ultimately, our appreciation. The same kind of appreciation you freely give to your greatest passions. After all, what is more important than your most pressing goals? Understanding how pressure is the fuel to help you achieve those goals is vital. Not even a reality TV star avoids pressure all the time, as my daughter once asserted. In fact, some might even argue that due to appearances, contract obligations, etc., a celebrity may experience even greater pressures than the average citizen. To view pressure another way, consider the simple act of problem-solving. Any problem, by definition, involves an existing state, condition, and a desired end state, ideal condition. The objective or goal is to bridge that gap. It's worth noting that the gap itself, the delta, is what instantly generates a sense of tension, or to use its synonym, pressure. And since humans are naturally creative and problem-solving creatures, their ability to channel pressure to solve problems makes them unique. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from. If there's one thing I know, and I think Jim Rohn was the one who said this originally, in five years, the difference in your life will be largely based upon two things, the books you've read and the relationships you have fostered. Doesn't it make sense to take advantage of the downtime, whether you're on the road, on a run, in the gym, kill a couple birds with one stone, get a book going? It's phenomenal. It's I, The more people I turn on to it, the more uh, compliments I get. Not that I've actually done anything. 180,000 titles to choose from. You get one free book a month, 30% off any other book. Again, check it out. AudibleTrial.com forward slash habits to goals. I'm going to say that again real quick. AudibleTrial.com forward slash habits to goals. And that is the number two. And of course... When you support our sponsors, you are supporting the show. So thank you again. I am extremely grateful. We'll see you at the next episode.